0: The lectionary epistle for this fifth Sunday in Lent is found in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. We'll be reading from the third chapter, verses 4b through 14. invite you to, to listen for the word of God. Paul writes, If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing christ jesus my lord for his sake i have suffered the loss of all things and i regard them as rubbish in order that i may gain christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but one that comes through faith in christ the righteousness from god based on faith Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Friends, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Let us pray. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Of all the Apostle Paul's relationships, the Philippian congregation was the most dear, most caring. In fact, his letter, and it is a letter to the congregation, is often referred to as a letter of joy. Joy and rejoicing reverberate throughout these four chapters. Filled with purpose and passion, the apostle proclaims that knowing Christ Jesus as Lord surpasses everything in his life, everything in his past, his heritage, his nationality, his religious zeal, his his achievements. He would give it all up, throw it away. Toss it on the dung heap as excrement if you really want to get as close to the Greek as possible. All because knowing Christ Jesus as Lord far exceeds anything He has ever done or would ever do. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. Well, perhaps Paul is being a bit dramatic, but he is deadly serious He is speaking from the heart. Paul most likely wrote this letter late in his missionary career, later in his life, really. And furthermore, he writes it from a prison cell. So Paul is being somewhat reflective here, as humans tend to do when we age and we sense the end of our earthly journey is drawing near. Paul reflects back on his own life, and uses his past to impress upon this people, this fledgling Philippian church which he started and for whom he has much tenderness and affection, noting that the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, as he puts it. We learn a lot about the apostle as he looks back on his life. With all its success and awards and privilege, he describes himself as a a full-fledged child of Israel, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. That's like saying both of your parents came over on the Mayflower. Of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day according to custom, a Pharisee that is part of the religious elite of Israel, righteous with regards to the law, with a missionary zeal, a passion, that resulted in him formally persecuting followers of Jesus, followers of the way. You know, we're not exactly sure why Paul was persecuting those who followed Jesus. Perhaps he saw the Christian movement, originally a movement within Judaism, as a political threat. Perhaps he thought Jesus and especially his followers were frauds and didn't like seeing people get bamboozled. Whatever the reason, Paul, originally Saul, has a mystical experience on the road to Damascus wherein in a vision he sees the risen Christ and his life is changed forever. And Saul, the persecutor of followers of Jesus, becomes Paul, the apostle, for all intents and purposes, the founder of Christianity. Yes, indeed, Paul has quite the pedigree And he wants to uh, reassure these Philippians, his spiritual brothers and sisters, that if he considers Christ to be of ultimate importance, they should too. In other words, they are not missing the boat in following Christ. They are on the right track, a track that leads to salvation. Have you ever wondered why the story of a crucified Jew whom his followers claimed was raised from the dead. Have you ever wondered why this reality held such an attraction for non-Jews, Gentiles? What is it about this story that they found compelling which would make them want to take part? Well, scholars and historians suggest several things. For starters, this new community offered them just that, a community, a family, a sense of belonging, thus fulfilling one of humanity's greatest needs. Regardless of their past or pedigree, they were brothers and sisters united in a common cause. Furthermore, in a confused and confusing world, Christianity offered them a moral grounding, an ethical code by which to live. Not that Judaism didn't, But Judaism had all these laws you had to keep, which seemed a bit foreign to these non-Jews. Indeed, there are those in the Philippian congregation, Judaizers we call them today, who are preaching that to be a follower of Christ, one must adhere to all the laws of Moses. That is, in order to have a relationship with Christ, Judaizers argue, one must observe all the laws of Moses, circumcision, circumcision, Elaborate hand-washing rituals, not eating meat sacrificed to idols, the whole system of animal sacrifice. And it is this preaching, this understanding of how one relates to Christ, which Paul objects to, and which precipitates the Scripture we read. Another reason the, the Christian movement was attractive to many was, to be frank, an economic one, especially for those poor, widowed, or orphaned. This community took care of each other, fed each other, provided for each other. Regardless of how poor or disenfranchised you were, you could get a meal. And finally, they were convinced that Jesus' return was imminent, that he was coming back at any time, and they wanted to be those whom Christ took to himself, as John puts it, so that they might be where he is That is at one with God in heaven. And friends, we are part of this unbroken stream our spiritual ancestors gathered in those homes in philippi and corinth and ephesus in rome and we are part of the same community yes it may be in, in it may be imperfect it was full of conflict and discord even back then we may be dysfunctional and sometimes petty and sometimes exclusive and sometimes inhospitable uh, inhospitable and sometimes rude not here in new jersey of course but other places but we also care for each other and support each other and enjoy each other's fellowship. We, we feed the hungry and clothe the naked and build hospitals and schools and join in relief efforts, thereby adding value and beauty to our communities and to our world. Paul reassures the church in Philippi that they are not missing the boat in in their decision to follow Christ. And and he he does so by pointing out all that he could claim, claims which he now considers to be drivel in the light of Christ as Lord. And today, in a world every bit as confused and confusing as that of being a non-Jew in Philippi, being told to worship a crucified and risen Jewish Savior, We need to be reminded we are also not missing the boat in our decision to be here today and be a part of this community of faith, this body of Christ. We are on the right track. And finally, even as Paul affirms the the validity of his life direction, the validity of the choices he has made, he also describes his life as a journey, a journey he has not yet completed. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the coal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Jesus Christ. The mature Christian knows she can never arrive, at least not on this side of the Jordan, As long as we're alive on this earth, we'll never cross the finish line, so for life is a journey. But our call is to continue to press on toward the goal of God's call in Christ Jesus, confident that our relationship with Christ will imbue the journey itself with meaning. Today we gather around the Lord's table, and those who partake of Christ's body and blood throughout the world come from a variety of backgrounds. Some live in palaces, some in shacks. Some are just starting out on their walk with Christ. Some are mature in their faith. Some are brilliant beyond compare. Some are slow in thought. Some live free from fear. Some live in constant fear. But all are invited to live their lives, as did Paul, with the knowledge that the value of a relationship with Christ is all-surpassing. That's what Paul is saying. Let us really hear it. Christ surpasses everything of worth the world has to offer. To, put, to, to experience Christ's presence puts you right in the middle of what it means to live a truly human, blessed life. So, my friends, wherever you are in your journey, God in Christ invites you, invites you to learn of the surpassing value of a relationship with Him and then to grow in it. Wherever you are in your journey, God in Christ invites you. The First Presbyterian Church at Caldwell invites you to join with your brothers and sisters in partaking of this joyful meal. Friends, strain forward to what lies ahead. Press on toward the goal of the prize of the heavenly call in Christ Jesus.